Welcome to the Orange and Blue News Podcast. I am once again hosting today as Alec Bussey, joined by Doug Bouchon, John Zupini, and Jim Cogger. And then we have a special guest today. Edgy Tim is joining us to break down the Illinois football in-state commitments. Edgy, we were kind of joking before. Doug's got his Cubs hat on. I've got my Cardinal hat on. And you're the only one rooting for a relevant baseball team. So I'm sure your summer's been a lot better than ours. <laughs> my summer's been fantastic so far. So yeah, it's uh, it's been fun to watch you two go back and forth at each other and uh, like I told you before, I'll let both of you know how the playoffs go this year. Well, the Sox don't get to enjoy it as much as <laughs> the High Cardinals do, so I'll let you enjoy it this year. Anyway, hey, it doesn't happen too often here, so we got to take it while we can. Hey, enjoy Tony Larusa. He's doing a pretty good job up there, no matter what people say. Yeah, don't get me started. <laughs> All right, so Edgy, I kind of want to get into it. We've seen this completely new, I guess revolution of Illinois football recruiting and state. It's a totally different mindset in terms of how they're attacking the state, the type of kids that they're targeting, just kind of starting off from a macro standpoint, what are your kind of takeaways as someone who's more plugged into Illinois high school football and how the state flagship program is recruiting these players across the state? Yeah, well, it's ironic that you mentioned you mentioned this new approach, and it's it's new for Illinois fans for sure. But every other program in the country, it's it's same old, same old. I mean, they are focusing. Brett Bielema and the new staff are focusing pretty heavily on in-state recruiting and trying to build up those relationships. And you know, so far so good. I I think it's still relatively early in that process, but you look at the results that have come through so far. Uh, you mentioned you've got eight commits that are in-state already, which I think is a real positive. Um, but I think even more importantly is the reputation out there. And the reputation is, yes, the staff is making a concerted effort. They are reaching out to coaches. They are making coaches and parents and players welcome when they go to Illinois. And, you know, it's, it's, it's old-fashioned. Get to know people, build relationships, and that's everything in recruiting. You cannot build relationships sitting in an ivory tower. You have to get out. You have to talk to people. It's everything. And, and, and even from the assistant coach's standpoint, you have guys that might not be here in three, four years. But, you know, if you're a young coach, you want to start building those relationships, even, you know, if you're not at Illinois because – that's how you're going to establish yourself. I mean, I can give you many, many examples of coaches at other programs that have consistently recruited this state. And every time they walk into a building, they're automatically recognized and they're welcome regardless of what school. And I think that's kind of the approach that Illinois is taking. And I think it's paying off. It, it certainly helps to have established names. I think of a guy like Pat Ryan, I think of Terry Hawthorne and and some of the other guys that are on that staff that, you know, they are instantly recognized names. I should say football community, well-respected. And, and besides having those names, they're actually putting the work in. And that's what's really been impressive. And it's been noticed. There's no doubt it's been noticed statewide so far. I kind of want to focus on one of Illinois' most recent commitments. Of course, Aiden Lawfrey, a running back slash safety rivals classifies him as an athlete because he has the ability to do both of those things. Three-star prospect out of Gibson city. That's kind of in Brett Bielema's backyard. And my biggest takeaway from this recruitment was that they were able to go head to head against Iowa and Kirk Ferentz, and they were able to win this recruitment and Iowa struggling to land running backs and Illinois actually set up better in this current class and on their roster right now than Iowa is at the running back position. So being able to get this win, what does that mean? And what kind of statement does that say, 
not just for Illinois, but in the Big Ten West as a whole? Well, it shows progress on the recruiting trail. I don't think there's any doubt. You have, you know, Iowa certainly has some issues of their own that they have to deal with, with as far as recruiting in their program as well. But I, I think what's, what kind of shines through and, and with Aiden and with several others, you mentioned being in the backyard. Guys, you have to win your backyard. That, that's all there is to it. You cannot lose kids. How many times, and Doug, you know this, and John as well, where you've seen kids that are within a 50-mile radius of Champaign going elsewhere. It just, it, that can't happen. You have to win those local kids. I mean, if you're going to win the state, you got to win your backyard first, and, and they are doing that. Um, and that's a positive. So, so to me, this is kind of that initial move forward in recruiting where you're going to go up against an Iowa and, and maybe some others, and, and you win those battles. And now for me, which I think is even more important now that you're kind of establishing that, now let's see how far they take it to the next level for 23s and 24s. And maybe the next time it'll be against a Michigan or it'll be against an Ohio State for a kid. When you start landing those kids, and obviously you're going to start hitting a much higher plateau of recruit, and maybe you'll have a better shot at a, at a Caleb Brown or a Tyler Morris. And, you know, and again, that's part of it is, is hard work and part of it is, is just longevity. So I think getting a kid like Aiden, Aiden is, is a really good start. And, uh, you know, that's something you could definitely build on. And it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt to have your announcement live on Champagne TV. It's great stuff. Now let's see if they can pull it off up in Chicago to get it on TV. And the more exposure and the, and the more publicity you're able to get out of that, the better. So, yeah, all around, I think just a very, very good win for Illinois. I'll give you one more before I pass the baton on to someone else. They've also added Sean Miller, a three-star wide receiver from Bradenton, Florida, in the last week or so. And he is one of the biggest headliners to this class. But at wide receiver, he joins a group that includes Ian Pugh, who I think when he gets his body really developed and gets stronger, right. he's going to turn into a really good player, kind of a matchup problem at different spots in the Big Ten. And then, obviously, you also have <clears> – excuse me. They're going to try and play Lawfrey at the slot, I think, a little bit. And I think Hank Beatty is something that Illinois hasn't really had, a really refined route runner at the slot, someone that just seems to have a knack to get open – when you kind of evaluate those Illinois wide receivers, of course, speaking of Pew and Beatty, what is Illinois getting in those? Because wide receiver is such a big position of need for the Illini. Yeah, you mentioned Pew, and he's a great example because he's a kid that you look at him, and you're right, he's thin. He's all arms and legs. Um, I know that he's starting to put a lot of work in, starting to get involved more and more on the weightlifting side of it and training, and, and you, but you're encouraged because – he has good speed. He's going to get bigger. He's going to get stronger. And he's a development kid. Um, you mentioned the kid you landed out of IMG. You know, most of your IMG kids are going to be locked in 12 months out of the year, football guys training out of the year. Ian's, Ian's an athlete. Ian's a multi-sport athlete kind of kid. So is Aiden. Uh, so is Hank. And so, you know, again, it's going to be a case of you're going to get those kids in your program and it's going to take that maybe a year or two physically to get up to where you want them. But what I like about all three of them is speed. I mean, they've all got speed and, and you know, you want, you want to recruit speed and, and, and I think you'll find places and fits in your offense or even some cases on defense and special teams as well. So again, you might be getting the, the quote unquote polished, ready to go physically college kid out of a few of those in-state kids. But I think from a development standpoint, they might have as high or higher of a ceiling. So 
from an evaluation that that's kind of you, you gotta you gotta get a little creative and paint outside the lines when you look at evaluating kids like Pew and Aiden and Hank and uh, but you know you, you sometimes it works out and, and you can see that vision come through and sometimes it's a complete swing and a miss so that's all part of the uh, the magic I guess but uh, yeah um, you know different kids different levels of progress in, in their game and uh, it's going to be fun to see how they develop over the next couple of years. I want to take <clears throat> take this even a step further maybe and talk a little bit about uh, a couple of players in particular, Matt Fries and uh, Clayton Leonard, a couple of offensive linemen that uh, Bielema has picked up. And uh, knowing what Wisconsin did in the past, they've always had a solid offensive line to and to have running backs to go with it, obviously, to to block for those running backs. And I think Bielema, you know, he's already got a, a, a veteran offensive line this year that's coming back. And, uh, okay, uh, but uh, – but you've got, you know, the Leonard kid from Iroquois West, which is in the, you know, middle of the states, so to say, not, you know, south, south of Chicago. But that's another one that you need to uh, try to get to pick up and, you know, not lose to, say, a Wisconsin, for example, or an Indiana or, you know, some, some other area that's, you know, you're going to, you know, Northwestern even, that you're going to be playing on a regular basis year after year. So, and because like you said, we've seen that too many times occur. And with that Leonard family up there, they've got some, uh, some big kids in that family that there may be more than one eventually that, uh, might, you know, <laughs> but you know, it, it's the pipeline that you want to get. And, and that's good that, you know, Bielema has, you know, stretched out his assistant coaches into various areas of the state where each one has a specific, geographical area and it's good that you know that you're you know say tony peterson you're working this area here or you're ryan walters you're working a totally different area or you know ben miller whoever it is but i think that's another good thing about you know splitting in the state up and letting uh, each assistant coach take a particular chunk to kind of uh central you know center in on some of these guys yeah, I think I think it's a cover your butt kind of approach where your area guy certainly is a point of contact and a point of reference for these kids, but you kind of can double back and double track on them when the position coach can also reach out and get a, a hold of those kids as well. So I, I think it's definitely the right approach. Guys, what I think is most impressive right now, going up until Brett Bielema got there, what was Illinois' identity offensively? Spread. <laughs> Spread. Thank you. Thank you. It changed, it changed every day. Right. So, Bielema, look, he's going to want to run the ball. You, you look at what he's done everywhere he's been. You know, Illinois, Arkansas, it's been about the power game, about running the football. That is, I'm almost certain, going to be the identity of this program as well. And, guys, we're still in the Midwest. People still like running the football. It's, it's, it's a toughness. It's a, it's a whole mentality that they had in Wisconsin and continue to have in Wisconsin. Iowa the same. I think that's what Brett is trying to do with this program at Illinois. And guys, I think that goes a long way. I, I think it really does. It 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 helps with identity and and branding and say, hey, look, Illinois, you know, they've gotten bigger. Their whole line is good and strong. And I think it's really important. I think kids and recruits can relate to that. Now it could be double-edged a little bit because if you're trying to recruit a quarterback and you're gonna run the ball 75% of the time, it gets a little tricky. 
but uh, again, it's, I still like the fact that, that they're coming out and kind of they're sticking their flag into the ground and saying, this is, this is who we are. This is what we want to do now, whether they have success doing it or not, we'll find out. And then Jim, as far as, as the Leonard family, I mean, I remember seeing Cannon in my camp back in January and talking to Doug and I go, well, yeah, you know, Clayton's a really good lineman, but I think Cannon can wind up being better. And I still believe that. I still think Cannon, you know, again, it, it's going to get interesting with Cannon because of basketball. He's such a big kid. He's, what, probably 6'8 now. So I don't know how involved basketball is going to be really be with his recruiting. I'm going to imagine at some point. But if he decides to flip it and go and go football, I, I think he'll wind up being a really sought-after name in, in that 23 class as a tackle. So, again, that's where you benefit. It's, it's the – you get the brother. You hope you can get the other two brothers down the line. And and I don't know about the youngest one because I don't. Has he even hit high school yet? I don't think he. No, hit I don't. Maybe I don't believe so. But Cannon's legit. So it's it's again it's a nice thing to have with the older brother there, and you got a much better shot. And I've talked to Cannon, and he's already mentioned that yeah, that it's going to be a factor in his recruiting. There's no question. Hey Edge. Um... It's, you know, a lot of times it's coach speak of, of, like you said, planting the flag in the ground and I'm going to recruit home state or whatever. But it yep. seemed like Bielman's had a plan on several different occasions of, you know, he's going to run the ball. And even then with this recruit to state, he's had a plan. Like you said, he, he hired Ryan. He hired um, Terry Hawthorne. But he even – how much does his background benefit him? You know, he knew – he was learning Illinois when he grew up in Prophetstown and when he worked at Iowa and, and he, he's got experience in this state from Wisconsin. You know, I've talked to Derek Land at Rochester and he's told me about how close he is with him and how close his father is with him. So I'm figuring that he probably knows the big name coaches in the state all over the state before he ever got hired. How much does that past history and knowledge help him right off the bat? Or is he going to have to still, I mean, he's sooner or later going to have to still win, but, I would think he's got some respect right off, right off the jump. Right off the bat, the moment they hired him, it, it was there. It was already there. Uh, his reputation preceded him. Arkansas, yeah, okay. I, I don't think people in the Midwest really paid a ton of attention to what he did at Arkansas or what he didn't do at Arkansas. They just see him as, as almost kind of a bigger-than-life bigger name and very recognizable. And, and, again, it ties into that reputation where, they, you know, he's a – no nonsense, kind of straightforward guy, a, a local, you know, Midwest guy, talks like he's from the Midwest. And, uh, you know, the same goes for schools that are in the South. If, if, if you're down in SEC country, you're much more comfortable if a guy, if you live in Georgia or if you live in Florida or if you live in, in one of the Southern states recruiting you with a, a guy that has those roots, you can relate easier. I think kids in the Midwest can relate easier with, with Brett. And uh, so, again, I think uh, that reputation was already – it was already established when they hired him, and, and I think he's done nothing but continue to improve on it. it. It seems like he knows he's got a roadmap of where he needs to go. I mean, he knows the schools. He knows the coaches. So he wasn't coming in here blind. No, no, not at all. I mean, you know, and yeah, some of his early statements, you could tell that, you know, he was trying to paint a broad picture and, and cover every corner of the state, which is hey, that, that's kind of what you expect. But he's shown already since he's been there it's much more than a couple of blanket statements thrown out in a press release. It's, he, he knows his state. He knows what's what and where to go and who to talk to. And, uh, again, it helps when you have people on that staff can guide him in that direction as well. That, that's everything because, you know, I, I hate using the term, but it's, it's getting real. It's, it's like, okay, this is what people – this is a perception people might have. 
And, and this is the feedback I'm getting from people that are more on the ground and understand what's the real issue and where do you really need to go and who do you really need to talk to. He's got a lot of good people in his corner for that. I think it helps big time. You know, yeah, and when, when I, you know, I see him going to, you know, he's one of the obvious places, the bigger schools, but when he goes to like an Iroquois West or a Johnson City or a Gibson City, that's, that's a little bit more deep diving, isn't it, than, yeah. than what we've seen here in the past. Yeah, no, there, there, there's no doubt about it. And, and why not be open to everyone? I, I, I've been trying to do it for 20 some years as a publisher. Uh, people tell me I need to cover stuff that's north of I-80. Well, first of all, I live south of I-80, so they're already wrong <laughs> off the beginning. For the moment they say it, they're already wrong. And, you know, I have nothing against Southern Illinois. I love Southern Illinois. I wasted probably five, six years of my life down there and had a great time. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it, it, can't, it can't be one big state, and you can recruit all aspects of the state. Again, we talk about just being yourself and being straightforward. And, and that's what people I feel and to this day in the Midwest look for and be honest about it. Cool, man. Hey, it's always good to see you. You too, bud. Hey, Angie. Um, you know, from my standpoint, recruiting wise, when you hire a new coach, uh, if it's not really at an established program, if it's at a program that's traditionally struggled like Illinois, you, you don't expect top 20 recruiting classes in the very first year. You just can't jump in and Right. make that kind of big move. I mean, maybe top, maybe he'll end in the top 40. That would be, that would be a good progress for him. But uh, the next class has some good talent in the state of Illinois. I'd like you to talk to that because I, I really think the wide receiver um, 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 Elsie from Simeon is, yeah. in their, is in their wheelhouse right now. He seems like he likes Illinois. Other programs too, Michigan specifically, he, he really likes, and they're an early leader, I think. But uh, a kid like that, that, you know, right now the lone four-star kid in the 2023 class from this state, uh, talk about LZ's game a little bit and, and uh, what kind of chance you think Illinois has with him. Oh, I think they have a good chance, but I think the thing we all need to remember, a kid like LZ, there are schools like Michigan that probably had a year head start. Um, and, and, again, it's, it's something that I know, Doug, we talked about with the 22 class. And there's going to be some of that, some of the higher profile names in the 23 class. That It's going to be the same situation. So the Michigans and the Notre Dames of the world, they've kind of been on him early. But I think, again, you talk about success that Illinois had with the 2022s. Uh, Malik has certainly noticed that. I think that helps in trying to maybe, maybe close that bridge a little bit that maybe those schools are in a little bit earlier. And again, there's, Illinois knows there's not much they can do when it comes to that, but I, I think you just recruit them as hard as you recruit everybody else, and, and I think you can close that gap. And again, I, I hate bringing this up, but let's do it, because you have to throw it out there every time we talk about recruiting in Illinois. How do things go this fall? How do things go on the field? Is, is the program starting to show some, some improvement? Is it starting to reflect on the field? That's stuff that kids like Malik and, and a lot of others are going to look at closely as well. As a player, he's a big, strong, physical kid. Honestly, he looks more college-ready now than just about anyone else in the 23 class in Illinois. I mean, he's big, he's strong, he's got great hands. Um, you know, he's played for Boom for a long time, and, and he's been on a national stage. And, yeah, he's a terrific ball player, and as you mentioned, uh, right at the very top of the 23 list, no doubt in my mind. Yeah, I sold a couple of uh, East St. Louis offensive linemen short when I said LZ's the only four-star. Those two guys, uh, Paris yeah. Patterson, 
I mean, at 6'5", 371, I'm looking at his rival's profile. Then Miles McVeigh is the one. Yeah, I just, I just forget about him. <laughs> yeah, Miles My, I mean, McVeigh is the only is is number fourteen in the in the class of two thousand twenty three according to rivals. That's fourteen and the fourteenth overall player in the class. And and, and you know, I, I've known Miles since eighth grade, so it's like it, it's like he's never it's like he's never going to graduate. It's like he's just he's just like like circling, waiting forever and ever to graduate. So yeah, you, no, I'm glad you caught that for sure. I mean, and, Miles and, has Miles has offers from everyone in the world. I mean, and deservedly so. You watch right. his. Have you, if you've watched his film from the Rivals Camp, he, he's taken it another step. He, you know, when we first saw him when he was an eighth grader, he was just big, but yeah. now the kid can really move. And for a kid listed at three thirty six, who can move that well and set up in pass pro, uh, and and credit to Miles because he's really put the work in. He's a great kid, really hard worker. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be a hell of an offensive lineman someplace, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be Illinois, but uh, he's going to be a really good player. Well, that uh, goes back to, that goes back to that early window where people just had a head start on the staff and, and that's where you're going to see it at the very upper, upper tier. So when I mentioned 23s and 24s, now it's time for Illinois to really hop in, really get after those kids. And yeah, 24, 24s, there's a handful of kids out there for sure that they should be watching, but, as far as from the starting line point of it, they're in a good spot now where, where they can be out in front with the rest of these schools and, and trying to build up those early, early relationships. And the thing about Miles that, Doug, that really impressed me a couple of things over the last six months or so, physically his body, he is finally starting to look like a big-time offensive tackle. He's, he's adjusted, I guess we'll call it adjusted his weight accordingly. He's a lot less heavier than he was. He's much stronger. And, and he's growing. He's a, you know, he was a kid. He's finally growing into a young man, and, and it reflects. And the other thing, when I had a chance to see him in Edwardsville this year when they played at Edwardsville, he's a leader, and, and he's been that way since, like, a sophomore. And you don't see sophomores at that level of leadership that Miles has shown. And, and that would really kind of hit me hard a little bit and say, wow, this, this kid really is – way mature beyond his years. And, and from a football perspective, he really embraced that role this year and was vocal about it. And I mean, how valuable is that? I mean, that is, that is just something that every kid doesn't have and you can't teach it. You either have it or you don't. Miles definitely does. And that really, really impressed me this spring. And eventually you just, you hope, especially with hiring Terry Hawthorne on the staff, that he'll, yep. he'll, he can eventually jump in there and compete for the kids at Eastside. Um, I got want I want to ask you about one more specific commit and then and then a kind of a big picture question sure. here. Um, Illinois switching to a three four defense. Uh, we saw that in the spring, um, and a real key to that defense is having a, an impact player at the rush linebacker. Yep. And I, I thought getting going out there and getting Jared Beatty was important for him because he he he's kind of raw. Uh, you know, he's a raw athlete, um, but he fits that profile long pass rusher, a speed guy on the outside. Could you talk about his game a little bit and how, how he fits? Yeah, it's funny. I just saw him Saturday at the uh, Downers Grove South 7-on-7. Seven seven and, and, you know, last time I saw him was in the spring. And even in that short window, about three, four months, physically he's a different-looking kid. I mean, he's starting to get bigger. He's starting to get stronger and really start to fill out in his body. And you're right. He's a kid that, you know, from a quickness and a, and a first step and a burst standpoint, it's got a lot to offer. And again, we talk about that 
physically developing. He's another kid that's a multi-sport athlete. He literally went from basketball season to football season to track, no hesitation, went through all three sports. And once he's locked into Illinois and once he's locked into a weight program, you're going to see him really take off physically because he has the frame to back that up. You just look at him. He's long, uh, just really good length and, and, and a frame that, again, he's going to add 20, 25 pounds plus going on from here on out. So, yeah, I think, I think you should be really excited about him because he's a kid that, I don't know, there's been some kids in this class that school's kind of passed over. I don't get what they're thinking, but it's not my job to understand what they're thinking. It's my job to go see these guys. And, and he's – that was a terrific get for Illinois. There's no doubt. Yeah, I think he's got some growing to do. He's, he's yeah. going to have to be in the strength program, get a little stronger, yeah. be able to sh- shed blockers a little bit better. And, you know, but in space, he's really good, really good space player. So. Yeah, and the other thing that gets, that gets overlooked a little bit with kids, um, especially playing at the high school level, he plays both sides of the ball. So it's going to be really interesting once he's focused on one position and one spot. And, and I think you will see his game change quickly where I, I think it's all going to, I think his, his, his overall game is going to improve. I think his overall focus and physically he's going to improve. So he's definitely one to watch. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. The big picture question for forever recruiting gurus um, in our network and all the other networks, we've always debated whether Illinois can win um, making their own state uh, their primary rec- recruiting ground. You know, you can win at Ohio State locking down the state of Ohio. You can win in, you can win in Florida locking down the state of Florida. If they, if they make Illinois, you know, their primary uh, recruiting base, can, can Illinois build – you think they can build a consistent winner? Primary recruiting base, I'm going to say no. Um, and the only reason I say that is because – there are so many factors working against that. We are not Nebraska. We are not Iowa. Um, you know, if you're an SEC school, if you're an ACC school, you can fly in here, hit a dozen schools in Chicagoland and be out at the same day. Um, it's, it's too accessible here. Um, you're, you're what, three hours from almost every Big Ten school for the most part, if you're not Penn State or Rutgers or um, – so, again, it's, it's – it's, almost too conveniently located to quote unquote lock down the state. But we've talked about this, Doug, before. I mean, I I think if you can wind up getting the top three, maybe top four out of the top 10, 15, you're doing pretty well. And now let's see if you're able to do that, how high that top 10 becomes. If you can get two or three out of the top five, I think you're doing fantastic. But you you know as well as anything, Doug, you've got to have – players from all over the country. That's the goal. You got to bring in guys from Florida. You got to bring in guys from Texas. You, you have to, you, you have to recruit in areas. And because, I mean, every year there's the state has, has weakness at certain positions. Some years it's O-line, some years it's D-line, some years it's skills and, and every year is different. You got to have different areas to go get those kids. You need them when you need them. So uh, locking down the state, I don't think that'll ever happen, but uh, being a major player here and being an impact player here, oh, I definitely think that could happen for Illinois. For Edge, we've we've talked a lot in, in the past few years. It seems like you know Illinois would hire a new coach and they would maybe have a a good year or two recruiting. But then, like you say, they have to show it on the field. 
for them to, you know, they, I think they've done a decent start here, but what, what do they need to do in players' minds and in parents' minds and in coaches' minds? What do they need to do on the field the next first two years of, of Bielma to, to get the attention of the elites? Show progress. And as simple as that sounds, I, I think it's just show progress. I don't know who expects Illinois to come out and be a bowl team in year one. I, I don't know. Um, but a team that plays hard, a lot of effort, gets after it. You can see some inklings of, of better days ahead where you see some kids come in and some new faces. Um, and stick to your guns and stick to what you said you were going to do. We talk about building up that, that reputation and putting that flag in the ground. Stick to your guns and, and, and be able to show progress. And I think that would at least be enough to get more people's attention. And then we'll see where they go after year one. But for year one, I think for sure that just to show some kind of progress. And I don't even know if that progress is, is necessarily wins and losses. You would hope it is. But I think just on the field, a, a, just a better, you know, uh, just a better all-around game and a better all-around team than what we've seen in the past. So you would say that, I guess, first they need to be competitive. Yeah. And they need, they need to look um, look like they're doing it in, in a Big Ten way. You know, like you said, toughness and, and just can – I would even think you would probably want – just continued progress more than getting lucky and going to a bowl game that may be taking a step back in year two. I, yeah. hundred so. percent. And w when you look at the, when you look at the state, the next couple of years, what, what, what's the state going to be, what, what's the best positions, you know, position areas of the state over the next few years? Well, it's, it's interesting, John, because um, the impact of COVID has mm -hmm. had and no playing in the fall has had on the state has been tremendous. And what people don't realize is that that's been, for the most part, a year lost from a development standpoint. Uh, overall numbers are down and continue to go down from a participation standpoint. That is very worrisome, especially on the lower levels. Um, coaches across the state are, are truly concerned the impact that we've had um, and, and when we're going to, quote, unquote, settle in and get back to normal. Guys, I'm talking to coaches every day that are still concerned about this upcoming season with COVID. And if this Delta variant comes out, are they gonna throw the handcuffs on everybody again and shut down? Guys, if that happens, I can't even begin to tell you the, the negative impact it's gonna have on football. So, so John, to answer your question, um, you know, from a positional standpoint, I mean, I, I could take a look at like 23s, and I defensive line is a pretty decent group. I know Doug, you mentioned wide receiver is a pretty solid group. Um, but, you know, what also is strange in all of this process, John, is um, we might have really good talent, but there's so many limited offers out there right now. So if you're trying to judge how good this class is off of scholarship offers earned, it's not going to look very good because our numbers are going to be way down because there's so, so few, even at the FCS level and the D2 levels. I mean, between the COVID year, the transfer portal, everything else that's involved in this, this has not been good for the high school level for recruiting at all. And I can tell you right now, there's a lot of kids in this 22 class that could have most likely in a, in a normal year played at a higher level. That's not happening. And, you know, how do you equate that to the, well, the talent level is really good. Well, show me the scholarships while well, there's only so many kids have been offered. So in short, it's a mess. Um, we'll see how things shake out over the next year or two. 
it gets messier. Um, you know, you, you've got everyone involved and a million people doing rankings now and ranking literally every single kid that walks and puts on a helmet now. Um, but really sorting out who are the kids that could play at a high level, maybe just okay for the next year or two. And again, referring back to this COVID mm -hmm. impact and where it's going. So it's, John, it's kind of a mess. Edgy, yeah. I kind of want to shift back to Illinois' 2022 class here. There's a couple of kids, and this kind of goes back to what you were saying with the offers being lower and how much yep. – you know, high school football has been affected by it and kids have probably been affected by it in terms of evaluations. One area where I think Illinois and their staff has done well on is kind of evaluating kids before they've gone to camps or get back into a senior season. And namely one player who sticks out to me more than anyone is Jordan Anderson. And I kind of question why that kid hasn't gotten offers from other places. You watch this film at running back. He's definitely a really difficult kid to tackle. He doesn't have that blazing speed, but he's got the, you know, skill set to be a rotational back and what Burt Bielema's offense has been at Wisconsin. Can you kind of evaluate him on a little bit of a deeper level? Yeah, well, I mean, I literally live five minutes from where he, he lives, so I've known him for a long time. Um, no spring evaluation, Alec. That, that's, that's it in a nutshell. Colleges weren't able to get out. They weren't able to see him in person. They weren't able to put a stopwatch on him. So you had a lot of coaches, and again, and not to blame them, but a lot of coaches at bigger schools saying, look, yeah, he's a great-looking kid. I mean, you just see him on – you eyeball him. He looks like a man. I mean, it, it's funny. You see some of these high school pictures. He's twice the size of some of these kids he's playing with. Um, but you mentioned speed, and that was 100% the question a lot of these programs had on him. How fast is he? Well, I saw him play twice live last year. He's pretty fast for his size. And, and, and again, I, I remember Doug talking to you about him and – Mentioning names, ironically, going back to Wisconsin, like the John Clays of the world, that were those bigger backs that, you know, yeah, they might not be 4-4-40 guys, but boy, I tell you what, they get ahead of steam. They're just going to run over the two guys in front of them and, and gain an extra four or five yards every time they get the ball. And, and Jordan's that kind of kid. He's a big, strong, physical kid, just a great, great attitude and very low-key, not a big talker. And But when it comes to those higher-level schools, it's – I think spring evaluation had a huge impact on the fact that he didn't draw quote unquote, bigger power five offers. There's no doubt in my mind. And someone that Jordan's really close with is Malachi hood. And that's someone yeah. who also was a pretty much straight evaluation. I don't think he took visits anywhere else. I think he was in Champaign on June 1st when the recruiting dead period from the NCAA ended officially. And then he ends up committing to Illinois. Um, was it like early June, June 7th or something like yeah. that? What kind of talent is that? He's a good athlete. seems like he can play linebacker, maybe slide to safety at some point too if needed as well. Sure. Combination, again, of no spring evaluation and a huge growth spurt. And that's the thing we never take into account when we're talking about high school kids is you can you could be – he was probably maybe about 170, 175 pounds and comes back a year later and he's, what, two-something? And – Great looking kid. I mean, I, again, I had a chance to see him play live in the spring. Um, just, I mean, I almost didn't recognize him. I mean, it was like, wow, who's that number 10? God, that kid's huge. It's Malachi. Get out of here. Really? That's him? So that's how kind of drastic physically he developed over the last year plus. And you go back to Illinois and the relationships and being able to find a kid. I guarantee you, 
Jake Jaworski, head coach of Joey Catholic, a, a Illinois alum, was in the ears of these coaches saying, hey, I got a kid here. You guys need to look. I guarantee you that relationship definitely helped sway him more towards Illinois and, and gave Illinois a heads up on a kid like Malachi. And again, we talk about those relationships. That's where those pay off big time. One final one that I want to ask you about, and there's one more top 20 kid that I think Illinois probably could go after in this 22 class at wide receiver. And that's Jalil Martin from Chicago Kenwood. Mm -hmm. I know Illinois has got a lot of kids committed at wide receiver. I think it's up to four now when you look at out-of-state kids as well. Where does he kind of stand in his recruitment? I know he's a good athlete, can probably slide to defensive back, and I think that that's a position that Illinois really needs to focus on in this class because I think 13 of their 15 guys right now are on offense. Yeah, he's he's raw for sure. Um, but, again, his, his stock really took off. One of the few kids this summer that actually saw his offers and interest kind of increase. He didn't see a lot of that this summer, but his did for sure. And, and, and I give Coach Sinkew Turner at Kenwood a lot of credit. He's very involved in the process. He gets his kids out in front of coaches and, and knows how to work the process. And, and he definitely did that on his behalf. And uh, again, just, just a very good overall athlete. He's got the tools. He's got size, very good speed. Um, again, I mentioned him being raw and he hasn't, you know, again, in, in, you talk about the impact of COVID, probably more impact on the Chicago Public League, I think, than any other league in Illinois. Because, you know, the suburban schools had various contact days and were able to get a little bit of work in. Chicago Public League had none of that at all. I mean, you talk about being on lockdown. They were on lockdown. So I think just from a development and, and learning his position and improving standpoint, he was really limited. Even from a weight room standpoint, people don't realize how a lot of these, especially in the public league, kids were locked out of their weight room for a year plus and then nowhere to go. It's not like they could run down to Planet Fitness or run down to LA Fitness and go get a workout in. You're in the city. You don't have any of those near you. So it's, it, it's a lot of factors, and I think that was part of, of, of his process to where physically he's starting to come around. College coaches got to see him. So chance to go get him, no doubt. And he's an athlete. He maybe could play a different position as well, something I'm sure Illinois has looked into with him. Uh-oh, the room's gone silent. Edgy, I got one question uh, regarding the, uh, uh, the the dead period when it reopened on June 1st, and you had an influx of all these players that were uh, coming on. You know, I went to a showcase camp in uh, June with uh, a bunch of kids, and this was so many, you know, guys to observe and to look at. Did that create any kind of an issue with – coaching staffs, I mean, not just at Illinois, but across the country, just looking at so many players in a short amount of time after not being able to see anybody for quite a long time. So, Jim, what's the question exactly? Is it – I'm sorry, I didn't catch the question in that. Just with looking at all the uh, different players, you know, once the dead period ended, right. did that cause any kind of a, you know, riff, you know, with looking, you know, with the coaching staffs, just with the amount of players that they were looking at after not being able to, you know, look at players or host players for a long time. Well, I think, 
I think, first of all, you're never going to be able to see everyone. I mean, just from my perspective, I'm one guy. If you guys know of a way that I can watch 500 kids at once, please let me know. Because I've been trying to do it for a couple decades now, and I still haven't been able to figure it out. And the same goes with college coaches as well. You can send an entire staff to Lindenwood, and there are going to be kids that you might not be able to see. Um, Jim, I, I, I know some people who, uh, who can look at 500 kids at the same time, apparently. So they're not with our network, but... Yeah, well, that, that, that's another, that's another uh, podcast episode we can get into. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I'm sure it's frustrating. I'm sure there are certain kids, but Jim going in, they know who they want to see. They're getting pre pre registration lists going in and, and, and they're, they're narrowing down their kids. And, and I'm going to guess in a lot of cases, they already knew 2022s who they're after and, and who's on their recruiting list. In a lot of cases in those showcase camps, they're looking at 23s and 24s, trying to get, as we talked about, an early leg up. So I, I think, you know, I'll be honest, thank God for those mega camps because, you know, every kid will tell you, yeah, reps are limited and it's a meat market and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? Kids will tell you the flip side is they were able to meet a dozen coaches. They were able to, to network with guys that they had always, you know, just talked to electronically and, and eventually scholarship offers come out of those, whether it's from Illinois or from smaller level schools. So they play a role, they play a big role now covering them and, and trying to find kids. That's a whole other deal, but they knew going in what they wanted. And I saw the same thing. They were up at North central college here as well for the same thing. And, and there were a targeted group of kids that they definitely watched and got an evaluation on. So well, Leggy, I think that's all the questions the three and four of us had for you. We appreciate you coming on, and hopefully your White Sox are able to keep winning and make the Illinois, Missouri, uh, whatever interstate it is, connect it, have one team over. Yeah, just, just just to shut you guys up. So yeah, Just, just to weigh in on that, I, I don't want to see the White Sox continue to win at 10. So. I know. It, it's got to hurt, Doug. It's okay. <laughs> You'll be okay. All right. We'll, thanks, everybody. We'll thanks. start losing. We'll start losing in five, six, seven years from now. It'll be okay. Right on. All right. Thanks, <laughs> thanks guys. Uh, everybody, if, you know, if you want to, if you want to learn about uh, in-state recruiting uh, in the state of Illinois, Edgy Tim is your guy. Go to edgytim.com. Uh, Tim O'Halloran, the the uh, recruiting guru here in the state. So thanks, everybody, again, and uh, we're out.